0: From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis.
1: What's going on? Welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast, another edition. Mark Weiser with Ryan Dennis of the Athens Banner Herald. A lot has gone on, Ryan, since we last podcasted Georgia, you might have heard. Lost the SEC Championship game to Alabama. Defense coordinator Dan Lanning is now Oregon's head coach. And Georgia is preparing for the Orange Bowl playoff matchup with Michigan. And if that wasn't enough, early signing day is Wednesday, which is really the main event for signing day. We'll talk to <clears throat> the Athens banner Herald recruiting reporter, McLean Baxley, about the Bulldogs class in these last 48 hours until signing day. By the way, we didn't podcast last week. Took a couple of days off after the uh, regular season. And Ryan, uh, there's that's a lot of stuff I just mentioned. Which uh, Which of those is most uh, front and center right now?
2: Well, uh, let me uh, let me go back here. Let me retrace these steps that you just uh, put me through. I, I mean, in the Dana Landing news. I mean, that uh, not surprising, but uh, I think that's a jolt to your program when your defensive coordinator, who led uh, all but the last game of the year. A, uh, one of the most incredible defenses we've ever seen. You know, when he takes off, uh, I think that's got to be front page news. But, you know, I, I think Georgia would be okay with, uh, I think they're, you know, he's going to coach the bowl game or the, uh, the playoff game, possibly games uh, with Georgia. So they uh, should be all right there. And, uh, you know, they also have uh, somebody named Will Muschamp, who will uh, kind of slide in there along with uh, Glenn Schumann. And uh, I expect the defense to be just fine.
1: Look, Mel Tucker left a couple of years ago, went to Colorado, then pivoted over to Michigan State, now has a uh, top 10-like program. You knew Dan Lanning was going to be a head coach eventually. You didn't know if it was going to be Oklahoma. You didn't know if it would be Oregon. You didn't know if it would be necessarily now if this recruiting cycle, which is almost over in terms of not recruiting cycle, coaching, carousel cycle, it, you know, the, I think uh, Temple is all that's left. So uh, he had the opportunity, um, you know, they they reportedly made a run at chip kelly as well so um Lanning will be introduced we're recording this on monday morning and he will be introduced i think it's a 5 p.m eastern time news conference on uh the, today Um, And, you know, we got a uh, statement from Kirby Smart Saturday uh, evening about his plan going forward, as you mentioned, with uh, Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann. Kind of want to hear it from Kirby uh, directly in terms of, you know, he'll do a press conference, I, I presume, on Wednesday for signing day where he'll, you know, be asked about all this stuff. And... Um, you know, kind of what the exact plan is going to be for these Bulls. Is Landon going to be calling the plays? Is it going to be – I mean, I'm sure he'll talk about a team. It's, a, it's always all of us doing it together, but, you know – is it already going to be Must and Schumann kind of really running the deal or, or is Landing still going to be, you know, I mean, he's he's in Oregon. It's a four or five hour flight. He's, you know, when is he getting back? How much is he uh, concentrating on assembling his staff and uh, finishing out the recruiting class at Oregon? How much is he going to be focused on Georgia? It's a balancing act.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, I guess Kirby would be the guy to ask since he did this. But like you mentioned, a uh, uh, hop over here from Tuscaloosa in the same is coming from Eugene, is it? I mean, when you have to.
1: Well, I don't think they're driving. So, uh, you know, you can, <laughs> do, wor- still, you can do work. On well, the I don't know that
2: Kirby was flying either from from uh, yeah. Tuscaloosa to, to Georgia. But yeah, you know, we saw the uh, what well, they say the obligatory uh, get off the plane photos of Dan Lanning yesterday. I think I made it on Twitter from Oregon's. Twitter account and uh, yeah I I would be interested to hear uh, Kirby's take obviously like I said Kirby has this kind of experience of doing exactly what Dan Lanning's doing where he coached in the uh, playoff games for Alabama a few years back well, while taking over for Georgia. So, yeah, it'll be uh, definitely a uh, perspective I know that that Kirby's used to, and also I mean uh, this is this is uh, you know when you have a program like like Georgia's building and and all, and of course you know Nick Saban in Alabama learned all this. Uh, when you have a good program and you put together a defense that really hadn't been seen before, uh, you, you understand that, that coaches are going to leave. You know Sam Pittman a couple years ago, Mel Tucker uh, now Dan Lanning and I think that's also why you bring in a uh, Will Muschamp, you know. When uh, when he got fired at, at South Carolina, you know, I, I'm sure they're, they're my, not, not promises necessarily, but I'm sure that Kirby said, hey, look, Dan Lanning is probably going to take another job somewhere uh, pretty soon as a, as a head coach, so the opportunity for you to be the defense coordinator or move into a an on-field job, which kind of unexpectedly happened this year, was going to be there for for Will Muschamp, and uh, I think this is the time Kirby uh, was was preparing for when he when he added Will to the to the uh, staff as an analyst.
1: Of course, all this happens during a big uh, recruiting weekend with, uh, you know, I'm told, you know, more than 10 guys in for visits, uh, someone committed. Uh, Lanning was gone Sunday morning uh, on his flight to Oregon with his family for that news conference coming today, you know, walking around the facilities, there, probably meeting the team, um, boosters, etc. Um, you know, what is the impact? How does it the timing affect George's bull prep? Um, we'll see. I mean, you know, is Lanning studying Michigan tape uh, this week? No, I don't think so. Um, did he even do that last week? Um, you know, he was pretty busy recruiting himself, uh, you know, making a lot of home visits. He was in Arkansas for the Boyles Award. Um, ceremony. He was a finalist, didn't win it. That went to Michigan's offensive coordinator, Josh Gattis. Um, but what are we talking about? Two weeks from Friday is the game, is that right? Or are we three weeks? Is that no, eight? it's two weeks. It's two weeks, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, time's ticking on that. Um, well, i tell you where
2: it, where it doesn't seem to be hurting is, is Georgia's recruiting, because you know, I think, you know, somebody made mention of it, and I noticed uh, from several UGA recruits that uh, put like a thousand percent into Georgia, you know, especially Malachi Starks from right up the road in Jefferson was, was one that uh, it seemed like he was rallying the troops to say, hey, look, Dan Lanning even has yeah, nothing to do with us. we well,
1: we'll talk about that with McLean coming right, up, right. but I would think that, you know, if he went, to, let's say uh he got the Auburn job, that's different, I would yeah. say, because, you know, you could see a guy, maybe if he's really tight with Lanning, I'm still going to play in the SEC, I'm going to be pretty close to my family still. I mean, Oregon, you're talking about the other side of the country, so that, that's a tougher ask if you're trying to pull somebody in that direction. Well, let's talk co- coaches. I mean,
2: you know... I, my first thought was, is he going to take Glenn Schumann with him to be full-time defense coordinator, the head defensive coordinator? You know, I, I hadn't heard any rumors about that. Uh, and saying, you know, like, like Kirby announced that he would be a co-defensive coordinator with Will Muschamp. But I just kind of wondered, is is that going to, is that going to kind of rub Glenn the wrong way? I guess it's not because he's, he's going to stay on. But, you know, it kind of feels like it's his time to be promoted to that full-time job by himself as a, not a co- but a full-time defensive coordinator.
1: Look, this is fresh. This just happened over the weekend. Um, you know, we'll see what it looks like in three weeks. I mean, are there going to be some Georgia uh, other Georgia assistant coaches that, that go with Dan or, or go somewhere else with an opportunity? I mean, you know, LSU is trying to, to uh, close out their coaching staff. You have other places. Florida, you know, is lining up folks. So, um, you know, it's it's a little bit early. We'll see. I mean, that's Kirby might have a plan now, and, and we'll see if it's impacted at all. I mean, Will Muschamp being a two-time head coach in the SEC already, you know, he seems like a guy that that's going to be here. Uh, Not we, Temple? Uh, I don't know. Does he <laughs> got some, could he? Does he <laughs> get, <laughs> got some ties up in the Northeast? Um, we'll see. I mean, the other thing is now you have an opening on staff for a, a position coach. Uh, does Scott Cochran move back into an on-field coaching role? Or does Kirby keep him where he is on the support staff and, uh, you know, make another move? I think that all could, as we mentioned, could be... Uh, affected by if there's other movement on staff do you have two open positions then so um a lot to be determined in that area um, and, uh, you know, w- w- I can say, I mean, Dan Lanning certainly deserves a good deal of credit for the performance of this defense. But anytime you have a defensive-minded coach like Kirby Smart, y- you wonder, uh, you know, how much, um, just like you did when when Kirby was there under Saban, Kirby probably didn't get as much credit as uh, he deserved there. And, and you wonder if the same thing with Tucker and Lanning and whoever's next, um, that, that Kirby still has his hands on this defense. Probably, um, and, and, you know, that probably lessened The impact because you feel like even if your coordinator leaves, you know Kirby is still there and uh, you know he's he's overseeing it all. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and I think that's what uh, everybody's been saying. You know, is this Kirby's defense? Is this Landing's defense? Uh, But whatever it was, it was a good one this year.
1: All right, Georgia, Michigan in the Orange Bowl. It's uh, third seed Georgia and second seed Michigan. Uh, Ron, what's your early impressions of that matchup? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, I think you know, I think
2: it it worked out just fine for for Georgia. You know, you have a down game against Alabama. Uh, You know, that rat poison. You know, somehow Nick Saban yeah, he can turn that into just the it's it's incredible. Kind of, you know, I wrote a column after that game about how. Never, never feel cocky against uh, Nick Saban because he'll make you, he'll make you, you know, eat your words. But, um, you know, I think it's a good matchup for Georgia. I think it's a great matchup for college football, given the tradition of both programs. You know, I'm not completely sold of Michigan. They did, you know, put it to Iowa pretty good there in the uh, in the Big Ten championship. But I, I think it matches up well for Georgia, and uh, you know, I, I I think there's a a repeat repeat on the horizon with Alabama. To be quite honestly.
1: Michigan season already is awesome for them. They beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the year. Georgia's season was awesome. It still can be awesome. But getting housed by Alabama, as I mentioned, 41-24, um, doesn't sit well right now, so it'll be a long three weeks, uh, you know, if Georgia gets bounced by Michigan in the semifinals and ends the season with two straight losses, it's not going to feel so wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, Georgia's an eight, eight and a half point favorite for this one. Uh, some early impressions and we'll be talking about this for the next couple weeks, which, you know, I'm going to be down in uh, South Florida for the Orange Bowl. Ryan's going to be coming down there as well. I don't even, we haven't figured it out yet, but maybe we'll do a podcast from down there in the hotel. Not sure. I'll, I'll bring all this
2: equipment down there. We'll make it work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, we can go old school. Didn't we do this before the, Yeah, uh, you know,
2: we, uh, we did that at the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago we did it yelling into my computer if i'm not mistaken we're we in the same
1: room i don't remember uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah i don't remember all right um look michigan has really good edge rushers uh second place in the heisman uh trophy voting went to aiden hutchinson david uh I can't pronounce, how do you pronounce that? David Ojabo uh, on the other side. Um, I mean, they're really going to test George's uh, again. Uh, Jamari Salyer, Warren McClendon, um, and, and whether it's Stetson Bennett, I guess we haven't even mentioned the quarterbacks, you know, Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, uh, you know, presuming it's Bennett, um, you know, with his mobility, he's going to, you know, he's going to have to be uh, on his toes again. Um, but I would say Cade McNamara, the quarterback for Michigan, is not Bryce Young. Uh, you know, that's why when you talk about a better matchup, I mean, there, there are no other guys like Bryce Young, right? He won the Heisman Trophy. Maybe uh, at Ohio State, their quarterback would have provided a really tough matchup. But there's a team that likes to run the ball, uh, smash mouth. Georgia should be good for that. I mean, that's kind of their bread and butter. Um, you know, we'll see, um, you know, how they respond to the loss. Um, but as you mentioned, what awaits presumably is Alabama, unless Cincinnati can pull a major upset, and then uh, Georgia's got to you know try to deal with that matchup better the second time. Um, let's talk about the game, the the SEC championship loss, since we hadn't podcast since then. Mm-mm-mm. Georgia goes up 10 nothing Ryan I know you were at that point Ryan uh, being a, a guy that went to Georgia was popping the champagne in the <laughs> press box a couple of people uh, that work in the press box had to come over until Ryan there's no alcohol in there and stopped celebrating
2: okay I to say it wasn't the celebration part. It was just having opera. Uh, don't don't eat it don't eat into uh, Mark Weiser's lies here uh, there was no no champagne popping uh, but it did look good at that point I was like oh man this uh, you know they're hitting uh, Darnell Washington for touchdowns man the, what a what a Georgia team we've got on our hands here. And then, uh, what was it, 31 uh, points later? It was a 31-7 run there by 24 points in the in the second quarter, I believe. But, um, hey, yeah, look, it was, look. It
1: was 38-17 to at one point,
2: yeah. I'd much rather if I was Georgia lose that game than a possible rematch. I know it looks dire, and then everybody's, you know, blaming Kirby Smart and this defense, you know, where'd it go, and, you know, they can't get over this Alabama hump. But look, hey, going back to being prepared for Michigan with Aiden Hutchinson, you know, I think there's a challenge for, for, you know, uh, Jamari Sawyer or, uh, you know, McClendon on the other side, whoever he lines up against. And, uh, you know, Georgia has been challenged now and, and we've seen Georgia in the past when they get, get challenged. They're, uh, they're usually up for it with Kirby smart. So, uh, Hey, if I'm, uh, if I'm the bulldogs, uh, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd much rather uh, go down an SEC championship and uh, exact revenge later. If I had that opportunity.
1: Ryan this just in we got some breaking news Brock Bowers is a beast man um look i don't know how many times was he targeted in that game it seemed like every throw was basically going his way according to the stats as i look at them 16 targets yeah, Jameson Williams was targeted ten times for Alabama, ten catches, one hundred and thirty nine yards, and a touchdown. Um, okay, we're kind of used to that. We've seen that, you know, maybe not to that extent, but um, how about Georgia's secondary? Uh, they were kind of exposed. That was the
2: that was I mean that was the <laughs> game changer right there. Was that Alabama knew who to target? And they uh, targeted, you know I was watching one time nothing against Dan Jackson because he has uh, had a pretty good season for a guy you've never heard of before, right? But I noticed one time before Mechie went down, that was a man to man one on one lineup with Dan Jackson against Mechie. And they hit about a 22 yard uh, kind of a post route there right over Dan. And I mean, you can't match up with that with Georgia, and that's their weakness. And Alabama just uh, found it and exposed it pretty good.
1: Yeah, there was a there was a throw that that you on the sideline uh, Jackson and, and Kele Ringo but you know what <clears throat> I mean Jackson's a walk on this really um I wasn't trying to throw Dan under the bus. He, I I'm mean, just saying that when I you're mean, Alabama. I mean, if you had a rank guy in this game, I don't know if he'd be, you know, in the in the top couple. Right. Uh William Poole had a rough game, Louis Sine, and as I mentioned Ringo uh, you know, and Kendrick and and uh, um, you know there was a busted play on the touchdown to right up the to, middle to there. Williams. Yeah. Um, you know there was a deep pass to uh, to Williams. Um, oh, you know over the top he he beat Ringo and Sine. Uh, you know there was a what was that that, that stutter and go on that play with Ringo mm-hmm. for fifty five yards. Mm-hmm. I mean. It was uh, it was a tough day and, and it went all in the secondary. I mean zero sacks for the pass rush, um, you know which was Georgia's kind of vaunted front seven in this mm-hmm. game. Um, you know they, you know when you're going up against Bryce Young, I mean he he can make something happen. Didn't he have like an option pitch on one of them?
2: Yeah, it was like he uh, he he escaped looked like he was gonna run, and then all of a sudden he saw his running back there to his right and just kind of yeah optioned it to him for a first down.
1: And then, you you know, obviously the, the coaching staff, uh, you know, did they dial up enough uh, pressure? Uh, you know, did they blitz enough? Um, a lot of four-man rush, and, and did they need to bring more to, to win the numbers game? Um, Stetson Bennett, two interceptions, um, also through for – <clears throat> three hundred and forty yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, you know, uh, sacked three times. The
2: constant debate, right? I mean, I don't think you can put this loss on on Stetson Bennett when your defense gives up, uh, you know, five hundred and whatever yards it is total. And uh, you know, yeah, the the interception, uh, both of them were, were costly. They were, but you know, I think you know a lot of the things he did throughout the game were were what he'd been doing all year when Georgia was was blowing out people. So. Uh, This loss doesn't go on Stetson, but and I figure we talk about this. I mean, is it is it time? If you're Kirby Smart, do you save your bacon by just saying, "Hey, look, we'll throw JT out there and then we'll see what happens"?
1: What do you mean, save your bacon?
2: Well, because everybody just believes that you got this five star quarterback on the sideline that should be playing and he's you know, if 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 Stetson Bennett loses the championship game or, or not Stetson Bennett, Georgia, if they lose the champ or the um excuse me, the first round playoff game, uh, everybody's gonna be yelling at Stetson, you know, you had a five star quarterback on the sideline while Stetson Bennett walk on yeah, uh, you know, I know I know Kirby's not into hearing all that and he said, you know, he's going to play who he thinks is the best guy, quote unquote, but uh it would it would quiet a lot of criticism if JT Daniels goes out there and you know, if if JT loses it, what's your excuse then?
1: Hey, I'll say this, you know, CBS on the broadcast when I watched the replay of it um, I think they called Stetson Bennett a walk-on several times. Look, he's a former walk-on now. He came oh, back. Right, right. He came back on scholarship. He could have gone to Louisiana, which uh, was yeah, it was Louisiana, and uh, you know, so he kind of earned that scholarship and. Um, do I think they can beat Michigan with and Bennett? Probably, yeah, I think they can. Can they beat Alabama? Maybe, uh, but maybe not. And if you get into another shootout with Alabama, that's the call for Kirby and Todd Monken. Is you know does J T Daniels give you the best chance to win that type of game? Uh, one where you have to to score, you know, in the upper thirties and the forties, if that's what it becomes. Um, it's just so, funny to
2: me how he gets in this conundrum all the time, right? I mean, the Jake Fromm, uh, Justin Fields debate a few years back. I mean, you had a, you had a guy in Jake Fromm that had done everything, you know, except give up a second and twenty six, which wasn't his fault, a couple years prior. And so, you know, I mean, it is it is an odd situation because it's the same thing with with Stetson as well as he's done all year. But you might have a little bit of a talented person behind, more talented, but you can't predict that that person's going to do any better than, say, what Jake Fromm was doing or what uh, Stetson's done this year, even if they might have had more stars by their name.
1: Yeah, but do you need a dynamic quarterback to win the national championship, Um, you know, Bryce Young seems to be that guy this year. We'll see if Alabama wins one. Joe Burrow, I don't know if you'd put him in that class. He's, he's probably you know, obviously won a Heisman and had a terrific offense and had some great wide receivers. Kyler Murray uh, didn't win a national championship, but, but won the Heisman. I mean, you know, Georgia's had quarterbacks. Um, you know, that aren't necessarily in that ilk uh, w- yep. where, where it's a slam dunk that this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but they've also had a terrific defense this year. Um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, Kirby's going to be asked about it. You know, does he have faith that JT Daniels can, can win games coming cold now? Cause he hasn't played, you know, much uh, significant snaps for a while. I mean, he did last well, year. I'm excited to debate
2: of that is how he did last year, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. All right. Let's move past the quarterbacks. A, a subject. We'll certainly touch again next week when we hear more from Kirby, uh presumably this week george pickens still limited snaps i mean he's not out there uh 35 i don't i didn't look at the, the snap numbers from this but it wasn't anywhere near that i presume 37 yard catch down the field leaping uh uh you know deep ball that that he caught and um i think he had another catch but total uh figures with uh, uh, two catches for 41 yards yeah so another four-yard catch um you know can he be more like the old george pickens uh, you know another three weeks past the injury, four weeks.
2: I mean, I hope, uh, you know, for Georgia that he that he is because, I mean, he's your most dynamic player when he's healthy. And you would think that a uh, month of uh, time of, of healing and rehab and everything else that he could uh, provide you a little bit more. I mean, he, he looked – he looked on that one play to be uh at least he had the hands now i don't know if you remember uh, the replay or whatever but he went exactly flying down the field on that uh, i won't say he was laboring but he was kind of uh you know it looked like about three-quarter speed running and the ball was up and he went and got it so um i think with a you know it, with a few more weeks maybe he can be full speed on that and run by people and you can hit him for a you know a, a bomb touchdown instead of something where he has to fight another defender for the ball
1: Another thing about a possible Alabama rematch, John Mechie is out with his uh, injury. Yeah, ACL, I believe. Josh Job, uh, DB reportedly out for the season as well. So that's two guys uh that <clears throat> are difference makers for Alabama that are out of the equation. Now, you know, we'll see if Georgia, you know, if there's somebody that that's out of the mix for them. Jo- Josh Job had seven tackles um, second on the team uh for Alabama in, in the game uh you know, week ago Saturday, so um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about obviously Georgia's uh, semifinal game and uh, what comes after that uh, as we uh, hit you with the next podcast next time. Before we get to our guest uh, to talk Georgia recruiting, uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony was Saturday. Did you watch it, Ryan?
2: You know what? I turned on the first five minutes and it was uh, all talk, and I'm like, I can't do this. I just see the I'll see the tweet that it's going to be uh, Bryce Young here in about 35 40 minutes. <laughs>
1: I'll talk. What were you expecting to turn on to see? I,
2: I can't watch that stuff. Like I just, I just want to tune in to see who wins, and uh, you know, I don't need them to interview the families and the player, you know, on stage and all that stuff. Just,
1: just get to the, get to the ceremony. Jordan Davis did not get an invite to New York. Uh, he finished ninth in the voting, um, and um, got I tweeted out the number. I can't remember what it was. It was something like nine first-place votes. Um, That's impressive, if you ask me. Yeah, I was curious, you know, they, they don't, um, the top three or four guys, I think that they they kind of say where the votes came from and, and that kind of thing, they don't detail that far down the list. All right, it's time for you to reveal, the big reveal, Mark Weiser. Um, Come on, Carl, who'd you have? My husband vote? Yeah. yeah. My ballot turns out to be chalk. I did not put Jordan Davis on my ballot. I obviously was giving it a lot of consideration, um, but um, didn't make my top three um you know certainly had a chance uh, you you look for you know kind of an impact um finishing stretch you know whether it's uh, basically the Alabama game to kind of you know if he's in my top 7 or 8 um to put him over the edge and and, and didn't have that kind of game Ryan's pointing out something. go ahead i
2: going to say did the did the Alabama I mean the SEC championship uh did you have Bryce Young as your leading guy going into that
1: No I wouldn't have put him there did that, I mean that convinced it, though, I, at, that? at that point I was more thinking about uh, the um, Auburn game where they didn't score a touchdown right. until the last drive, um, but you know it was hard to ignore that. Yeah, I, I gave uh, you know Young Hutchinson and Pickett were my top three, um, and I, I consider Davis. But I, I'm not even sure. You know, is it a slam dunk that he's better than a Kobe Dean uh, as, as a defensive player? I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, I think they're both terrific. Um, but you know, I don't think Jordan Davis is crying. I mean, he won uh, a bunch of uh when he won he win the. Uh, Uh, Nagurski Award. Yeah. No, no, he didn't uh, win the. Ben He he won the Bednarik Uh huh. And uh, And, Outland. Right, and the Outland Trophy. So that's two impressive national awards for Davis, who was also a first team All American. Nicobe Dean won the Butkus Award. Next podcast,
2: we'll break down Pickett's uh, slide that has now
1: been uh, (laughs) changed in the rule book. Yeah. Our fake slide. That's no longer allowed. (laughs) Um, All right, let's talk Georgia recruiting, and we'll do that uh, coming up. All right, we're a couple days away from early National Signing Day, which is really the main event these days. And for that, we bring on McLean Baxley, who covers Georgia and Athens area recruiting. And uh, McLean, how's it going?
0: You know what? You know what? Good week.
1: All right, I think Georgia's got 24 commitments uh, as we speak. And by the time this gets uh, pushed out on social media, you never know when recruiting there could be. Uh, the number could change. Um, what are some of the storylines you are watching in these final two days?
0: I think some of the big ones who can they get? You know, I wrote a story this week or uh, Monday about four candidates that, that Georgia's looking to that they're really recruiting hard. these last got a few weeks and leading up to Wednesday. One of those guys being a safety from IMG, uh, five-star uh, Kamari Wilson is a guy that they've got on campus a couple of times. They've been in, they went and visited them. Um, he's a guy that's really leaning towards Georgia. If he can get another five-star uh, to the Georgia class, it's already very defense-heavy. Uh, another guy, also on defense, Shamar James, who's a guy from uh, Mobile. who come top two. He's coming down to Alabama and Georgia like it has a lot of these guys, a lot of these commits uh, over the years. But uh, especially this guy from Mobile, he get the in-state to Alabama. But he really enjoys Georgia. He was here this weekend, which is a good time for Georgia to see um, because he uh, – been the last weekend before sign day in Athens. And, uh, before we had a good, uh, tripping good weekend, uh, in Athens. And then also, of course, on the other side of that, he he's, you know, gonna be opting out. You know, we know the man has been floating around for a while is West. He's been committed for a while, uh, down from, uh, Tiff uh, County. He's a guy that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a bunch of, he's visited he, he a bunch of, uh, he's got he's a couple of visits other than Georgia. I need the guy that some people are saying that you know is not all in on this spot. I need the guy that Georgia might lose, uh, whether it's this week or um 4th of February. And, and so, and also, you know also can Georgia have a number one class this year? Uh, you know, they're kind of going back and forth. Uh, We've seen Alabama and them too have really taken the reins uh, the, you know, the bulk of this class. and taking both of the spots and didn't come down to those two. It might come down to those two for the national championship and the, uh, you know, recruiting championship, if you want to call it that way. So that's what I'm that's what
2: we're kind of monitoring this week. You can find McLean's uh, four prospects you should know on Georgia football's December signing day radar at onlineathens.com. And, of course, three of those four, McLean, you were just talking about are, are defensive players. Uh, and, of course, the defense coordinator, Dan Lanning, has left for Oregon. Do you think that will be any impact on uh, Georgia's recruiting, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that, that Dan Lanning has t- taken off?
0: I don't think so. Uh, you know, this week they had several big game defensive um guys. I'll take business one of them being Malachi Stark, uh, you know, top twenty national guy, guys from Jefferson, you know, right down the road. Uh um, he's he tweeted seen several times, his family has tweeted several times, you know, we're still on, you know, Jay Dogs, another guy, Michael Williams, uh, from Columbus. He was a guy that was committed uh USC for a while. Um, say Helden gets fired, he's it and committed to Georgia. He's also been very vocal that he's still all in. and uh, Then also Bear Alexander, the defensive lineman four star uh, from all, now from ING Academy. He's tweeted the offer that he's still all in. So some of those guys, in, uh, you know, uh, Julia Murphy or Julio Humphrey uh, from uh, Clear Lake, has also been still. I'm um, all in on Georgia. So I think there might have been some guys that that he's just is a great recruiter and one of the reasons he got the. Oregon had coaching job it's his recruiting and ability to get those guys, but uh, no, I don't, I don't think in the long run well, whether the guys that are currently committed or guys that were leaning one way or the other, uh, I don't think his uh, departure has been an in- impact because you know, they're seeing that Georgia has a perennial defense and one that's you know, going to stick around through Laney's
1: departure. You mentioned Dan Lanning's recruiting prowess. Uh, Kirby's not keeping guys on staff that are, you know, just doing coaching or, you know, doing x's and o's they need to be able to recruit uh as well it's such a big part of of building uh you know these elite national programs like georgia um when you talk to recruits prospects um what are some of the things you hear about uh you know maybe a a guy or two on staff um that really makes an impression are there sort of um alpha dog recruiters on Georgia's staff that um you know really have a big part of of uh, getting these classes year after year that are elite.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I think mean, one of the biggest one that's, uh, me that immediately took out is Dal McGee. He's the running game coordinator. I think it's his official title, but he's a guy that both across the state, especially in South Georgia, I think Columbus and uh, down in Savannah and, and those areas, are also you know across the Southeast. He's a guy that a lot of people trust, a lot of people relate to. You know, he, he kind of. You know, he, he played college football. And now he's coached it. You know, he went coached at George, George for a while, and now he's been uh, in Athens for a while on a smart staff. So he's a guy that Bucky um, will love, and he's really good at his job. You know, Georgia can pretty much get almost any running back they want, and then they make You know, he's influential. He's influential in getting Michael Williams, another five-star guy, a defensive guy, uh, you know, a lineman, edge guy. Um, but he because he knows that Columbus area so well. He's able to go down there and see uh, Williams play live and just, you know, get a feel of, of, you know, him and his teammates and his coaches and, and you know, make Williams flip from uh, USC who, you know, was going through a coaching transition, but make him flip from, you know, a, a, another powerhouse into to uh, Georgia. So he's one guy that definitely picked out um but I mean really all of them are really Huge recruiters. Um, I know they do. They're all hired and paid to, you know, coach and like you said, do the X's and O's. uh, Whether that's you know, in a coordinator or an analyst or a position coach. But I think all of them, um, like you said, Kirby has such a big emphasis on recruiting and and knows that that is how you become, you know, an Alabama or Clemson is through recruiting. And uh, so he's been able to harp on that, you know, the past five or six years he's been here. And, And so I think. I don't think there's a bad recruiter on this staff, well, even all the way down to the analyst role.
2: Uh, McLean, you, you mentioned Malachi starts from right down the road in Jefferson a little bit earlier, and he's uh, the number one guy on, on Georgia's board uh, recruiting-wise, five-star. I think he's top 20 in, in every recruiting service's uh, rankings of, of players. Uh, he, he's an athlete, but I think most expect him to come in as a, as a safety. You know, he played that at Jefferson also as a quarterback just because he is such a freak athlete. But you've seen Malachi a few times. Uh, wh- what's your biggest impression of him, and what is Georgia getting out of him?
0: I think, you know, we, uh, all the recruiting sites, they have, you know, positions, and one of them is ATH athlete. Now, I don't know if there's a player that better fits that mold than Malachi Starks, that mold looks mold. I mean, he literally plays everywhere. Like you said, you know, he uh, led Jefferson to the state championship last year as a quarterback, and he, you know, plays safety. He's actually getting a career as a linebacker uh play. He's going to play linebacker in Georgia um, just because he's got yeah, that size and speed and that. Uh, just that body type that can mold him into wherever you need him. I mean, I think if he occurs to hey, we need a punter, I think he, he's learned how to punt really well. And so he's just a guy that wants to do his best for his team, wants to do his best for his family, wants to do his best for everybody around him, um, and he does it well, whether that's athletically or emotionally or uh, academically or whatever. Um, he's a guy that is going to be a really good guy that, again, all going to play some teams Come in, probably going to play in multiple roles. Um, I think of Jabril Peckers. Uh, from from uh, um, Michigan a few years ago, where he was just kind of playing everywhere, he was a Heisman candidate for a while, uh, just because he was so versatile on both sides of the ball. That's why I see in Malachi, um, but he's a he's a more humble guy than than Jabril was. But, uh, but he's just a really talented guy to watch. He's got great speed, great size, uh, and just great IQ of football. And so I think he's going to be a huge asset to the the team um, and go defense, which is already you know one of the talking points. Uh, in, in the country so I mean
1: he's going he to be a good guy for uh, this kind of two part question um, on wide receivers Chandler Smith a Florida Decommitment I saw he will announce Tuesday um, where, where he's going to do I don't know what you expect uh, kind of for him to go with and if you can talk a little bit about Cole Spear um, who uh, I guess you saw in the playoffs uh, uh, game and, and uh, what he might bring to the table
0: He's is fast. He's a uh, track star. He he, uh, made it to state a couple years ago uh, in three A. Shocked me. So he's got super speed, and that's really what got him that offer. Uh, You know, he went to a camp this summer in Athens, and you know, through all the drills, um, you know, uh, the uh, coordinator, full of advisors, said, "Hey, you got the athleticism. We want you." on Saturday. Off that day, to be later he committed to Georgia his, uh, you know, home state school. And uh yeah, but then also he, he took anything. He uh you know, there's so times I call him against Clark Central. And uh yeah, I mean he get a great uh and get open and then catch whatever uh, there's one where he caught it one handed there's one on Saturday and it's a championship game where he kind of bobbled it and it did he it's be, uh like it should go to himself and he still came down with it. He's got good hands, got good speed. Um I think his size you is, 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 I mean, might hurt him when he's going against the SEC corners. Um he's you know, lead athletes and that's something that he's just gonna have to, you know, bank on his speed to, to create that space. Uh because he doesn't have that size. You know, he's only five eight nine five nine. Um, uh, not a huge receiver like you see with all these, these other you know, receivers, so um that yeah, speed is, is is legit and uh, putting it up, um, you know, pretty something that the interception is something going
2: know like having on on his offense. I've also got a two-parter for you, real fast, and it it involves tight ends. Uh, Oscar Delp, somebody you've uh, you've gotten to know and, and seen in person from your hometown. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Brock Bowers and his success as a freshman earlier. I guess what do you expect to see from Oscar? And two, with the LSU changes, local guy uh, Jake Johnson from uh, Oconee County High School. Uh, I don't know that Georgia really, you know, is out to get him. Uh, is there a possibility that, uh, you know, is his uncle Mark Rick lives here in Athens, his family lives here in uh, the Athens area. So uh, is Georgia even on his radar?
0: Well, you know, Ryan, anything's possible, you know, in this in this environment. So I guess there's a possibility, but no, I don't think uh Jake Johnson, I mean, right now like you said they've got Brock Bowers, the freshman, they've got Darnell Washington, who's a redshirt freshman, who's still young. They've got Austin Delp coming in, they've got uh Pierce Forks who's already committed in the twenty twenty three class. So I don't think Jake Johnson would would want that. Um to take away take away from one of those guys who also, you know, play at home and I don't think it's a spot for Max Johnson. Uh, his brother is transferring, I think, their package deal wherever they end up. I uh, we'll know more about that Wednesday. Um, when he is supposed to commit and sign on Wednesday, which he's planning to do so. Uh, the other question, yeah, Oscar Delp in crazy size. <laughs> he's huge. Uh, you walk into him, you know that he's, you know, an athlete and uh, he plays really well. Um, when he he's also able to create space, he's able to block really well. Uh, he's been he several times, you know, at 7A, at uh, what's you know, what, the uh, well, first four rounds this year, but, uh, you know, they were playing some of the top teams, they played Walton, they played Mill Creek, you know, these two teams that made it a fall Uh so they've got, um, he's, been, he's played against the best, and he's going to continue to do things uh, in the SEC, so he's a guy that, you know, I don't know what they're, I don't know what uh, they're going to do with him on offense, because you've got, like you said, hours, you've got Washington, who's really emerged second like half of the season, you've got, uh Austin coming in and he got receivers that are all gonna come back and, and want uh, you know, balls on their way. So that it's a good problem to have for George Dolphin. But um yeah, I mean Dolphin like, I think fans have known for a long time. Um he's a, I guess I much mean, somewhat he was, you know, really only down to South Carolina and Georgia, uh, you know, Georgia fans know him pretty well. Uh, his his parents are very involved. Uh, on social media, and you know they're they in Athens every day. They're both at the they're all at the uh, SEC championships a few weeks ago. So um, he's a guy that excited to see and excited to see what what they do with him um, because he's got at least three very dynamic tight ends that can do a little bit of everything.
1: All right, McLean, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up with you. Uh, let me just ask you, uh, maybe offer one bold prediction <laughs> for uh, these next uh, 48 hours for Georgia recruiting, and then do you think that they, uh, do they finish number one or how do they end the day Wednesday?
0: I think the bold prediction, I don't know if it's that bold, but uh, I think they get all four people that I uh, mentioned in my uh, story this morning or uh, Monday morning. Um, I think all four of those guys georgia and South Georgia, uh, putting them at the number one spot. You know, that would mean they'd have another five-star in Kamari Wilson. Uh, that would mean they'd have a couple more defensive linemen that are really good. Uh, and so, yeah, I think they're going to be the number one uh, recruiting class again. And, uh, I think it might even get down to if they're, if they're, you know, point zero zero, two points behind Alabama, I think Kirby might just, you know, offer – uh, some guy from Clark Central or something to just push them over that edge and, and you know, be the number one because, uh, you know, he hasn't had a lot of wins against Alabama, so it's nice to get the win on a recruiting trail and, and you know. Um, but, yeah, but I do think uh, Georgia will come down with a number one um, recruiting class. And I'll what it whether you're a Georgia fan or an uh, Alabama whatever, um, like Wednesday is just the first day they can start signing. This could go all the way to February. I and mean, there's some guys that are going to take that time and go on a couple more visits or talk to a couple more coaches. And, and so, then you add in the transfer portal. See, you know, if George doesn't get a really good receiver um, through recruiting, uh, there's definitely going to be some, um, you know, game tested receivers in the transfer portal that will be coming out. So, recruiting is, is a, you know, recruiting never stops. We know this. It's a year round business. But uh, especially this year where these, you know, so many coaching changes, so many position changes. Uh, guys entering in the portal every minute, it seems like. Uh, so Georgia won't have its full 2022 class probably until March or April, you know, once all the transfers are in and out, so it's a time time. But uh, but yes, I do think that Georgia will have the number one class. Maybe it, it might not come Wednesday, but once all's said and done, I Georgia will be on top again.
1: All right, recruiting never stops, and that means McLean uh, will never. <laughs> <laughs> He's always on the road. Won't have too many breaks from uh, covering that, and uh, his latest uh, is uh, available. Go to onlineathens.com. For prospects, you should know on Georgia football's December signing day radar. And uh, McLean, I appreciate you joining us. Thank Ed. All right, we uh, thank McLean Baxley for uh, talking Georgia recruiting. And uh, let's wrap up the podcast with uh, we got some bowl picks, but before that, Ryan, uh, some tough news for the Georgia basketball team uh, last week. uh, Are Are they still playing? On uh, two-game winning streak, uh, they'll go for three on Saturday against George Mason Patriots. That is true. Uh, Jalen Ingram yeah, uh, is out bad. for the season with a, a torn ACL, and uh, that's two season-ending knee injuries for Georgia, who lost PJ Horn before the season. Um, and this, uh, not great news when you got—I think it's like four non-conference games to go, and then you, you hit up the SEC schedule. Um, the team beat Memphis, uh, which everyone seems to be doing now. Which it turned—it looked like a great win at the time, and now uh, not so great because Memphis. This, uh, you know, lost to Ole Miss, they lost to uh, Murray State, Murray State, Yes, who it was, yeah, so uh. You know, Tom Crean's got to. Uh, very emotional Tom Crean was after that uh, game uh, when they beat Jacksonville because he 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 sensed that uh, this was going to be it for Ingram for the season. And you just can't afford these kind of injuries when this is one of your best players, one of your starters. Florida Atlantic transfer out of Madison. So yeah. we'll see uh, if uh, they can cobble together uh, you know winning um, lineup now. Um, you know, as as uh, this uh, season moves on. Ryan, you ready for some bowl picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Ryan didn't uh, take the. Uh, he didn't know I was a. He didn't probably didn't even realize bowls are starting up so soon. No, no, I did. I did. I'm always excited. All right, about bowl I went. Season. I went seven and five in on championship Saturday. I'm now 99 and 97 against the spread this season. Ryan will give us his update next time because yeah, I've uh,
2: got to uh, do some calculating. All
1: right, uh, we got a bunch of bowl games. We're going to do this fast. We're not going to spend too much time. I got a meeting. I got to run to. Yeah. Uh, Bahamas Bowl Saturday. I'm sorry, Friday. This Friday. Uh, Ryan is catching a flight after this uh, to go hang out on the beach in Bahamas and then cover the game.
2: If Georgia played there, I wouldn't be disappointed.
1: Middle Tennessee and Toledo. It's Toledo giving 10.5. Oh, geez. Make your pick. uh, pick.
2: Let's go uh, Toledo.
1: Nope, that's a lot of points in the Bahamas. Neither of these teams are going to be focused on the game. They're going to be work. They're going to be worried on the tans. They're going to be uh, hitting up. didn't uh,
2: know you're going into so much uh, breakdown of the Bahamas. I'm
1: taking MTSU, uh, and I believe it's still Rick Stocksdale who's coached there forever. Oh wow! Uh, the Tailgater Cure Bowl. What is Tailgater? Is that a? Are you familiar with that? Uh, sounds like it should be a strip club somewhere. I don't know. Okay, it is in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe it is. Maybe Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina. It's Coastal by ten and a half. Give me the Chanticleers. I mean,
2: yeah, Coastal. Uh, they've uh, they've put together a pretty good little program there, so I'll go with them as well.
1: Saturday it is the RoofClaim.com dot com Boca Raton Bowl, which I believe, uh, without doing any research, Roofclaim dot com sounds like uh, catastrophe. Uh, you know, I bet it d- it is. I disaster. Bet uh, yeah, cleanup, uh, clean Joe. In Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, it's the App State and Western Kentucky. App State favored by two and a half. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, well, I call this the Rat Mouth
2: Bowl, first off. But uh, yeah, I like App State because uh, I've always, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for App State.
1: Uh, App State hurt me. I picked them against Louisiana, so I'm taking uh, Western Kentucky since I lost. Uh, they, they did me wrong last time. It's the Cricket Celebration. Bowl. Well, cricket is a cell phone service, I believe, a company. Uh, Ryan, is that your provider?
2: Uh, no, but uh, there is a store out on uh, Lexington Highway.
1: <laughs> it's South Carolina State and Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State favored by 10.5. Again, I am on the Deion Sanders. Uh, I
2: don't even have this on my uh, my schedule I pulled up.
1: That's because they don't respect the uh, historically black colleges uh, yeah, that schedule yeah, you're on. Give me right. Deion Sanders.
2: Yeah, give me uh, Jackson State. Give me Jackson State.
1: All right, it's the, uh, I don't know what this is, it's the, <coughs> Ryan needs a cough button, it's the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. Yeah, what is PUBG? I guess it's another mobile service. So you got Cricket and you got PUBG uh, in in mobile. You and know what? This is in New Mexico. It's not mobile. It's, oh, a, it's a mobile phone.
2: Oh, see, that's where game day screwed me up on. I'm Saturday. guessing. I mean,
1: I didn't look. I, I'm I'm presuming. I'm presuming, yeah. I'm presuming the New <laughs> Mexico. Where, I'm guessing the New Mexico Bowl is played in New Mexico.
2: Reese Davis had this problem the other day on uh, on game day, and that's what screwed me up, I believe. You, uh, give
1: you, me give me uh, give me Fresno. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Fresno also. It's uh, Fresno by 11 and a half. Uh, I don't even think I said who was playing before. You were reading it. It's UTEP Fresno State. I yeah, that? I, I yeah, I said that. Fresno by 11 and a half. It's the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. This used to be the Pulling e- Weed Eater. used to have a different number, a couple of n- names. Uh, I've been to this bowl a couple of times, uh, once covering Maryland when I was in school, and then also covering Texas A&M, Georgia, right? Covering Texas A&M, Georgia, where I uh, David Hale uh, tweets out occasionally that we shared a... Uh, uh, a rental car in the snow in Dallas as we drove to Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> Fine. Um, and it's UAB and BYU. Uh, BYU by six and a half. And I'm taking BYU. Um, uh, it looks like a mismatch to me. But hey, UAB. Uh, I agree. Georgia beat them. And, you know, they did okay. BYU. The Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It's hey, that's e- in Mobile. There we go. Eastern Michigan and Liberty. And uh, Liberty by nine and a half. Go ahead. Make your pick.
2: Uh, Eastern Michigan. I don't like Liberty.
1: I'm not impressed by Liberty this season, but Eastern Michigan, uh seven and five and haven't beaten anyone. I'm taking Liberty. It's uh we could see you got two more here. Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl presented <laughs> by Stifel. S T I F E L. I don't know what that is. Stifel? you just what is it? You know what that is? I don't is? know. It's from uh All in the Family. It's Utah State and Oregon State. Um Jimmy Kimmel's pretty good. I like the show. I don't watch it too much, but I, don't I never watched Jimmy Kimmel, but uh
2: there are some odd sponsors. It's so a barstool bowl. I think we're going to come it, across that, here soon.
1: That's not. We're not doing that one today. Uh, it's Oregon State uh, by seven and a half over Utah State. I'm taking Utah State. I think they big. They win big in this. Uh, or I mean, they won big in the title game. So I'm going to take them. Uh, no, give you're me the. Utah. No, I'm taking uh, Utah State. Giving me the points.
2: Uh, give me Oregon State. Whatever.
1: And the last bowl that we're going to do today, because hopefully uh, going to yeah. podcast next week, uh, R and L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's Louisiana versus Marshall. Uh, it's Lafayette by five. I don't even know if the new Florida coach is coaching that game or no, not he is not. He's not. No. doesn't matter. I'm still taking Lafayette in their home state.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean uh, they're they're gonna, they're gonna want to show their former coach they, uh, he shouldn't have left. To go to sorry old Florida. Am I right?
1: If you're trying to, to get in touch with Ryan, if you're a friend of his, you want to play some golf, or if you want to uh, yeah. maybe just you know grab a, a holiday drink, uh, kind of a spiked eggnog, he's going to be busy watching all these games. So don't even bother. He will not be able to go out with you unless you want to uh, m- maybe pick up some takeout and go to his house. Sorry, watch this it.
2: Friday. What well, we got this Friday? The uh, Bahamas Bowl and the Tail Greeter Cure Bowl. It's going to be 75 outside. I'm not going to be <laughs> stuck in front of a TV watching those. I'm going to be on a golf course somewhere.
1: All right. Uh, that's it for this podcast. Uh, we will talk to you all next time, and uh, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give Ryan a five-star review.
2: And if Spotify's your thing, you know, I saw those pop up a lot with uh, your top artists on Spotify. Find us there as well.
1: See ya.